to is a sharing platform that could one day be doing more trades per day than Trade Me. Well, that's the vision from Toby Skilton. But what might you share from your garage on this platform? Things like power tools or even specialty tools, you often need them once or twice a year and they're quite expensive to own and then you have to service them, maintain them, store them. So that's going to be a massive market. Huge, a lot of interest in kitchen appliances. The platform is more than just for Kiwis at home. There's an opportunity for Kiwi businesses as well. We've seen a lot of excitement in this space for a very long time. The platform was the likes of me and you, the peer-to-peer space. We thought, you know, it makes a lot of sense to include businesses who are already in the hiring rental industry. They've already adopted a similar model. Let's include them. But where that further excitement comes, this is where I see a lot of potential in this buy New Zealand-made space, is that businesses now who are in the buy and sell game are now looking at more ways to incorporate a leasing model or a share economy model into their current business model. I also asked Toby where the idea came from. Yeah, getting to stay with these locals throughout Europe, it's kind of like your Airbnb example, but it wasn't until we stayed with these locals that we saw just how much stuff people own that just lays idle. So they had all this equipment we wanted, and they got, and the word I use is joy. They got a huge amount of joy out of me and my partner, Elise, taking it out for the day. Toby's got a huge amount of passion about making a positive change to how we access the goods we need without having to own so much stuff. Let's take a listen. Welcome back to another episode of A Kiwi Original. Today on the show, I'm joined by Toby Skilton, who is the CEO, founder, and pre-launch developer of Mutu, a company that is going to transform the way we buy things because we're going to buy less, aren't we, Toby? We're, we're going to start sharing what we we already own rather than buy things that maybe our neighbor already has and we just don't know it yet. Is that Have I got that right? You've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, so essentially, I mean, in a sentence, it's, you know, it's why buy when you can borrow. It's sort of trying to encourage access over ownership. And if I start to, um, instead of owning the things I need to use, if I start to, um, am I renting them? Am I leasing them? How does it actually work? Yeah, so you've got, I guess, two sides. You've got your renters and your lenders. I mean, and one user could be both. Um, I think so. Essentially, if you ever need anything, you can simply search, compare, and locate that item based on your budget or your location. Or if you're someone like me, I'm not sure what um, your garage is looking like, Ryan, but if you're someone that owns a bunch of stuff, you can make a bit of money by lending that stuff out. Okay, so as Buy New Zealand made, let's say, um, you know, we use this mic, for example. Every Wednesday, every Friday, we are filming for a Kiwi original. But on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, it's just sitting here. Could we? Mm-hmm. Could I put that mic on Mutu and say, hey, it's available. Uh, anyone can come and pick it up on those other days we're not using it and rent it from NZMate? And that's exactly right. And I think, and you guys would have seen this, especially during lockdown, you know, the amount of people now trying to shift into that podcast space, you know, it's a perfect opportunity. I've got friends of mine who are sort of getting into the podcast game and they're just using their smartphones. And I mean, and I won't mention any names, but I think the opportunity to grab a mic like that and to sort of um, beef up the production quality and, you know, to purchase that equipment outright for a bit of fun with a podcast doesn't make a lot of sense. So to be able to borrow it from someone like yourself who's got it, you know, in use two days out of the seven in a week, it makes a lot of sense financially and, and of course, for the environment. All right. So if I've got then things in my garage at home that's um, maybe not gathering dust, but I'm only using them a couple of times a year, like uh, maybe a, a camera that is uh, one model behind the one I'm using all the time which tends to use and now be my iPhone, 
Um, is that the type of thing that you want to see on there, or do you do you not mind really what people rent and share on Mutu? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the cameras. It's a really good example. So you've got stuff like a water blaster, right? That's your item that you're using once or twice a year. You know, twice a year if you're quite proactive again, <laughs> giving the house a bit of a clean. And that better part of the year, it does just lay idle collecting dust. So that's a perfect thing. You know, not everyone on the street nor in your neighborhood should own a water blaster. There should be one or two. And if you're lucky enough to own it, you can make some money on it. And if you don't own it, just grab it when you need it and give it back. So there's that side. But the cameras is a good one. We've got a, a business here in Canterbury. It's basically a guy who he works in sort of the creative space. He um, films weddings. He does a lot of drone work. And he's ended up acquiring about, you know, 60 or 70 bits of camera equipment um, from stabilizers to booms, lights, you name it. He's got it. And he's sort of found a platform like ours and realized, you know, I can put my stuff when I'm not using it, which is potentially, you know, a better part of the week. I can have it out there making me money. So it's just... It's truly unlocking the potential of your idle assets. So, um, yeah, there's a huge opportunity here, especially in a time like with COVID. People are looking for more ways than ever to generate extra sort of streams of revenue. I can see certainly the upside. I mean, that would mean that you know, things I already own, I could then rent out. The thing then my mind jumps to is it was almost similar to when Trade Me started. It was a it was an unknown business model because the way we used to buy and sell things we needed was we'd put them in the classifieds and usually it was the Wednesday trader or you know the the Monday classified ads. How do you get someone who is comfortable selling and buying on a site like Trade Me to then think, actually, I'm not going to sell that tent anymore. I'm now going to rent it. There's all sorts of now other elements to it, which is like uh, how do I describe it in a way where when the person renting my tent gets what they think they're getting. And then when that tent comes back and actually they had a, you know, it was a mudslide that, that came down through it. What are, what's the obligations on them to return it to me? Is it, is it like, um, you know, my son returning a tent to me or is it more like, um, is there a more kind of a legal contract around it, which says, it, you know, if you, you don't return it in these conditions, then you have to pay for it. How do you get all around all those things, all those different elements that you don't have with a buy and sell transaction? Yeah, of course. It's a sort of answer the first part of your question around kind of, um, you know, encouraging people to rent something as opposed to selling it. I think we've got all quite a funny relationship with the stuff we own, you know, whether it's sort of that tangible feeling of, you know, I can't quite see myself throwing this out just yet or selling it because I might use it once a year or, I'm, you know, I'm going to get that bike out again, I promise, or I'm going to start training for that triathlon I've been talking about for the last five years. So that bike will sit there. If you use the 10 as a good example. And so now there's that opportunity where you think, well, instead of selling it for $50 or $100, I can maybe rent it out on Mutu for $15 or $20 a day. And before you know it, you've got this tent that may have cost you, you know, $300 from Kathmandu or something. And, you know, in six or seven rentals, this tent becomes cash positive. And then you start looking at the other items in your garage and you'll still just start to see the shift of where from, you know, the buying and selling model becomes far less attractive. And the idea of this collaborative consumption and sharing the assets we've already got in play becomes a lot more attractive. But, you are right. There's that element of, you know, what happens if my gear gets damaged or broken or stolen, which would be a horrible one. So we've got what's called the, <clears throat> we've sort of got a three-part process. So first part is prevention. So verifying all of our users through ID verification and through the email address. And the second stage is self-regulation. So you've got star ratings reviews, very similar to Trade Me. So we can see that Ryan here has had 15 trades and out of all 15, he's giving back the 10 in the same condition. Uh, so, you know, that gives someone like myself the confidence when I am going to, you know, lend you my tent that there's 15 other people already, you know, providing me with the reassurance that you're a trustworthy guy. 
Um, and then the third stage, and this is for the, you know, there are unexpected events that happen and there is going to be damage, breakage and theft. It's inevitable. And we've got the Mutu guarantee. So it essentially protects items up to the value of $1,500 if they get damaged, broken or nipped. That's, so that's really color. good. I like that last one because that then gives me the confidence to think about I could rent out a wetsuit that is almost brand new that's sitting in my wardrobe that uh, is a um, you know is a hangover from my surfing and windsurfing days, which was a long time ago. <laughs> and it's a great wetsuit, uh, but it's I, I don't want to sell it because it's it's kind of part of my youth. Mm. But it's a stranded, wasted asset there that someone else could get a, a ton of use out of. Uh, but I was wondering about that, you know, if they're going cray diving or something and then cut it on a rock, where does that leave me in terms of my assets? So that would be something I could claim through Mutu if that went wrong at some point. Yeah. So the first sort of step is, as it from a borrower, if I'm the one to borrow your wetsuit from you, now I do damage it. The first step is for me to try and resolve that issue with you. So, hey, look, you know, I have, can I give you $50 and you look to get it patched? And you might have a, you know, you might be like, hey, this is my favorite wetsuit. A patch isn't going to quite cut it, man. I, I need this replaced. And as a borrower, if I'm not happy with that, that's when you would raise a dispute with us and we would step in as a sort of an intermediary, make sure you're looked after with the replacement and, and make sure there's a positive outcome for everyone. I can imagine that, although that's something that um, you know a lot of people would jump to as a concern, it's probably only one in a thousand. These things tend to be big questions, but actually in reality, we're all quite smart people and we like to be generous traders in New Zealand. I think that the harder part is that you're actually building a marketplace here and marketplaces always need two sides. You're going to need people that want to rent and you're going to need people that have stuff to rent. Which sectors are, are you picking are going to be the ones that um, really start Mutu going? Like, What, what products are, are going to be on there first? Yeah, so our market research has been such an eye-opener because as our team, you know, we had all these assumptions around, you know, these are going to be the type of people and these are going to be the type of equipment. And we soon found that we were very far-fetched. And I'm sure once we go live at the start of next month, it's going to change completely again. But, you know, a huge amount of demand for power tools and gardening equipment. And that makes a lot of sense, right? You know, things like power tools or even specialty tools, you often need them once or twice a year and they're quite expensive to own and then you have to service them, you know, maintain them, store them. So that's going to be a massive market. Huge, a lot of interesting kitchen appliances, things like uh, food processors, bread makers, we have popcorn machines, ice cream makers, um, you know, that kind of stuff where, you know, if you've got an event, I'm not sure if you've got kids yourself, Ryan, but I don't either, but I don't. <laughs> um, but, you know, for kids' party, how good, how good would it be to have like an ice cream maker or a candy floss machine? But you're never going to buy one, right? So it's those kind of uh, quite... A special occasion items we're seeing a lot pop up more. Kayaks have been going nuts, paddle boards. So those items that you're probably not going to buy yourself, but you've always sort of thought, you know, that'd be quite cool to, to give that a go. It's almost like a try before you buy type mindset. I like it. It gives you access to more things without having to not only buy the goods or avoid buying it, but you've also going to avoid having to store it in houses that are increasingly smaller or apartments in New Zealand. Um, but then where does that leave someone like me and our manufacturers? So, you know, I'm running the Buy New Zealand Made campaign. It's not the Share New Zealand Made campaign. There's a whole lot of businesses in New Zealand that are successful because of what they make and sell. Uh, what's this going to mean for them? It, because we're going to need to buy less stuff, right? If you're successful, there's less stuff that needs to be bought. Is that a good or a bad thing? I mean, it's a really good thing. And that's what we've seen a lot of excitement in this space for a very long time. The platform was the likes of me and you, the peer-to-peer space. 
we thought, you know, it makes a lot of sense to include businesses who are already in the hiring rental industry. They've already adopted a similar model. Let's include them. But where that further excitement comes, and this is where I see a lot of potential in this buy New Zealand made space, is that businesses now who are in the buy and sell game are now looking at more ways to, you know, incorporate a leasing model or a share economy model into their current business model. Now, example of this is in Christchurch here, there's a place called the Eco Shop. Now, it's a place where when people are going to landfill and they're looking to dump things, they can actually donate their goods to the Eco Shop and the Eco Shop sells them. So, it's a, it's, you know, it's a warehouse sort of the size of like a Mitre 10. It's a huge factory and they're just buy and sell and they've just signed up with us to incorporate uh, a rental model through Mutu. So essentially goods that are being donated, they're in great nick, like drills and bikes and prams and all sorts of stuff. They're now looking to, instead of selling it for $40, you know, renting it out at $15 a day. And you can already see, I know we've spoken about this earlier, you know, if you've got a $300 item you're selling, that's just a single transaction. But if you can turn it into a leasing model and you can rent it, you know, at 10 times at $40 or whatever, you can see the potential to generate more revenue with lower manufacturing costs and less amount of stuff ending up in the landfill. So it makes a lot of sense. If you can get the model right, which we believe we have, you can make it incredibly seamless, which we believe we have. And there's a huge opportunity here to um, completely change the way we view, not only the way we manufacture goods, but the way we consume them. So what you're really pointing to there is that there's a new model for manufacturers to start considering making goods to rent them rather than making goods to sell them. Exactly right. I'm not sure if you've heard of John Lewis, the, the big furniture retailer in the UK. Yes. Yeah, so there's a, there's a, there's a platform very similar to Mooter that's in the UK. It's been around for about four years. So they've sort of proven the concept uh, on a global level and that you know, if executed properly, there's a huge amount of potential. The CEO of John Lewis has just come out last week that they've noticed that the digital natives the sort of and the millennials, the consumer habits are changing. And if you don't sort of start to get ahead of the trend and sort of start to adopt and learn how to I guess, offer something to them, you get left behind. So they've incorporated a leasing model through this UK platform uh, to hire and rent, you know, furniture. So things like desks, chairs, couches, stuff like that. And engaging with these, you know, the digital natives and these Gen Zs, they want access without ownership. And you talked about people sort of living in smaller homes and whether that be tiny houses or apartments, you know, people are, you know, living smaller and owning a lot less, um, but still want to get access to all the same amount of stuff. And the idea to share it instead of buying it uh, becomes quite attractive value propositions. It's a very different mindset shift, I think, because what you're talking about there is uh, that ownership could be a liability rather than the traditional way is ownership is an asset. You've, you own something, it's an asset, but um, if you only use it for one or two times a year and it's taking up space, it could actually be a liability for you. Or, you know, if you only you want to choose the right thing to buy, it's better to rent it a couple of times first, particularly if it's a five or a $10,000 camera. 100%. One thing that has excited me a lot in this space is that, and I use my, my grandma as an example of this, and uh, whenever I told, when I told her for the first time about what I was doing with Mutu, you know, her mindset sort of was like, well, I, whenever I need anything, I just borrow it from Bevan, my next door neighbor. And that's just because, you know, in their generation, you knew everyone on your street, you knew who kind of had what specialty tool for the job. And there was this nice sort of feeling of collaborative consumption but somewhere, I'm not sure when it happened, but there was this big shift and it sort of, you know, the fences went up. You didn't really know your neighbors anymore. And we kind of got stuck in this sort of hyper-consumption society where it was more about the me and less about the we. So I think now we're really starting to see that shift from, I guess, these hyper-consumption mindsets more to a collaborative consumption sort of mindset. You know, Uber, Airbnb, perfect examples. You know, your house is the most sort of 
intimate and private position you own. And the idea of having someone using your master bedroom or, you know, someone using your bathroom was crazy, especially if it's a stranger. But now you're seeing, you know, more and more people happily letting what was once called a stranger into their home. And I guess the share economy has been able to, I guess, turn what we would once call a stranger, you know, into a friend because you have got those review systems, you have got that trust. You can build a lot of credibility um, through these digital platforms. The New Zealand Made Kiwi trademark is relied upon by over 1,200 New Zealand businesses to gain a market origin advantage in the markets they operate. Check to see if you're eligible at buynz.org.nz. Can. I've used Airbnb, um, you know, in Auckland and Sydney and Seattle, uh, and each time it doesn't only give you a place to to stay like you would get from a hotel, but it gives you access to a different neighbourhood and a different experience as if you were living there. And I think uh, that's something that maybe gets overlooked sometimes in a transaction is that when you shift it, and I'm sure Muti, you'll you'll discover this. Um, would be that just like with an Uber driver takes over from a taxi, but I don't know about you, but when I'm in an Uber, there's a very friendly relationship that doesn't exist in a taxi. I don't know why that is, but within Ubers, it tends to be friendly and maybe it's that trust aspect. Um, so with Mutu, you're not actually live just yet, but probably by the time our audience is listening to this, you might be. Um, yeah. Tell me why this isn't all vaporware and this actually exists. Yeah, so for us, uh, with our main focus is on making this platform as convenient as possible. You know, I think to, to get a change of behavior, you need to sort of tick two things off, and that's the cost factor, making sure something's going to be cheaper and something's more convenient. And now if you've got a, a piece of, let's say we use the camera example, and you've got a, the one camera on Muto and it's 40 minutes drive, you know, there's, there's no incentive there to go and drive to get the camera. You'd rather probably just buy one or, or use the one you've got. So what we're trying to do, and that's what we've been doing for the last couple of months is you know, meeting that supply and demand. So it's sort of building a marketplace internally before we go live. Right. So we've got about 1,750-odd um, pre-pledged signups. That's wow. people who are already signed up, ready to go, wanting to list things, and we're looking to build that sort of asset library of stuff. So when we hit play early next month, um, so it's sort of the first week of September we want to go live. There's already going to be hopefully, you know, a few thousand things on there for people to browse. I hadn't considered that. You're basically book building um for the investment so that when you open the store, there's actually things there to, to rent. What you do you it. need? What's missing like in terms of products or regions? Are there any gaps that for an audience listening and they, you know, that comes up, they're thinking, well, I can put that on Muto. That's something I can help out with. Yeah. And that's uh, for me, and this is me just getting carried away. I had this, you know, this idea that we would launch Muto to the nation straight away. And that <laughs> everyone in New Zealand would download this app and it would be, you know, the, you know, the next trade me, but, I guess for us, and it's again, building a marketplace is difficult and it does take a lot of time. So we're just launching in Christchurch first. So we're looking to build up that um, sort of library of things just here, sort of central Christchurch and looking to expand out region by region. Um, we're unsure how we're going to do it yet. I remember uh, when I was studying down in Otago and I was sort of introducing fiber, I had a kind of a gigatown competition. I can't remember what you had to do, but it was the, the city with the most votes or the most comments on something was the first to get fiber and we thought maybe there's opportunity to do something similar with Mutu, you know, wherever there's the most demand we'd head to next. Um, 
but we'll see. We'll see how we go with Christchurch um, and look to which city is going to get moved to next. It's a good way to do it is, uh, you know, get the majority or a day market share in a small area and then move across rather than spread yourself too thin across the entire area. Um, certainly if there's anything I can help you with in connecting you with New Zealand-made manufacturers in, in Christchurch or elsewhere, uh, I'm sure they'd be very interested in this as a platform for, for them renting, um, as well as, you know, just our NZ-made fans. You know, there's a lot of them around New Zealand. There's a lot of them in Christchurch. And I'm sure if they're listening, they'll be thinking, hmm, maybe we should uh, decide to have a second look at that garage and maybe there's some things in there that we can rent over the summer. Yeah, it was quite nice yesterday. I, I appreciate that. It's um, very generous. I'm sure that'll be a, a huge amount of help. We uh, we were on the News Talk ZB uh, afternoon show with Si and Phil yesterday, and they had the callers uh, or people text in or call up, and I thought, oh, here we go. This is where we're going to start to get a bit of trouble. And it was just incredible, you know, the amount of people who sort of instantly got the value proposition and were like, you know, this is brilliant. I've got X, Y, and Z in my shed that just does nothing all year. And so there's a real appetite to, you know, get these things out there, making people money. And then on the flip side, you had people calling up, you know, looking to rent things. And again, it, it is those items that you just would never buy. So I think for the New Zealand made uh, family, or I guess, is that what you call them? The, the community or the group or the manufacturers, you know, the, the whole network. <clears throat> I think there is a real opportunity just to go through your home, go through your garage and just sort of see, you know, what could we be having out there making us a bit of extra money? Um, and that's only going to help your business in general anyway. The thing comes to mind to me if you um, ever launch in Hawke's Bay is my uh, my dad used to run a power tool centre there and appliances. And so growing up, we always got the brand new thing. And we had lots, like our our garage was, we had everything. We had hammer drills, we had jackhammers, all the specialist tools, routers, Dremel, carving machines, everything. Um, wow. My old man passed away five years ago. That's still all there, but we can't, you know, I can't bring myself to sell it. Because you know maybe I'll use it one day, but yeah, these yeah. this is an amazing set of tools that we should probably be putting on your platform and renting out, and actually letting someone else have the joy of, of using this. I'm glad. Yeah, I mean a perfect word to use there is joy, and that's where the platform started. So my partner and I traveling the world, sort of a Kiwi rider passage, pack up after university, um, and do a bit of an OE. And yeah, again, we're wanting to get access to things like tents and kayaks, golf clubs, surfboards, all that sort of stuff, and. The only way we figured out, you know, we can do it is by buying it. And that just didn't really align with us having to then try and sell it when we move on. And we stayed on a couch surfing platform. I don't know if you've heard of that or yeah. experienced it yourself, but you know, incredible way to, to explore the world. Um, it's probably not for everyone, but yeah, getting to stay with these locals throughout Europe. And it's kind of like your Airbnb example, but it wasn't until we stayed with these locals that we saw just how much stuff people own that just lays idle. So they had all this equipment we wanted. And they got, and the word I use is joy. They got a huge amount of joy out of me and my partner, at least, taking it out for the day, you know, shaking the dust off it, spending the day getting some pics. And it sort of showed them, they're like, oh, yeah, we should do that. You know, we should be out there with the kayaks or we should take the bikes out. And it sort of sparks that, I guess, because when you purchase something, there is a bit of a relationship there. Mm -hmm. You know, you sort of you get quite attached to it. And that's why you can't really come around to selling it. So it's sort of re-engaging that relationship you've got with the things you own um, to unlock, yeah, the joy. Well, Toby, I think you're really onto something. I think you're ahead of your time, and this is a something that it is right on time to be doing this. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in New Zealand um, during COVID that are going to be reassessing what's in their house. And over the next 12 months, you know, cash flow is king, both in the home and for businesses. So with all those assets that's just sitting around, even if it's just a 
waffle pan or a deep fryer <laughs> from what I've learned today is that's got value and you can rent it. You don't need to sell it off. And um, let's make sure you're as successful as possible in Christchurch so we can get this uh, for the rest of New Zealand to, to really start utilising the asset base that we own as Kiwis. Yeah, 100%. No, I couldn't agree more. Thank you very much for your time today, Toby. Really appreciate it. Uh, and looking forward to sharing this with the New Zealand Made audience. Thank you very much, Ryan. That's it for another episode of A Kiwi Original. Remember to subscribe on the podcast or on YouTube to receive the next episode. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you think could benefit. See you next time.